Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host Stuart Greenwood and I'm joined as always by Tom King. Hello. And Chris Evans. Hello. And you join us basking in the afterglow of the British Grand Prix. Formula One returned to its domicile of origin. It's definitely a very warm afterglow. I am uncomfortable right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, right. We've just closed the window so you can't hear any of the external noises. And we're doing a podcast just for you. In a sauna. <laughs> I'm sad you didn't go down the football similarly route uh, with the... F1 coming home. And stuff. Well, well, th- I mean, th- there is a hint of it there, isn't there? <laughs> Maybe so. that was intentional, huh? <laughs> was Did it? You... I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Did you um, see they had um, "It's Coming Home" painted on the entrance to the pit lane? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Bit keen. Is oh. it coming? Is it com- before we go any further? Is it coming home? Someone tell me. Is it? And what is it? And when it gets home, what will happen? Um, it's a football, and yes. The, the question is, if it does, will there be a home left for it to come to? Yeah, yeah. Will, will, will it, would it be such a bad thing for it not to come home? <laughs> Given the scenes after, like, a quarterfinal. Anyway, this is, yeah, this is, it's not this a is the wrong podcast. podcast. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as we all love football. Um, let's talk about Formula One. Uh, I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to start in free practice free. Yeah. <laughs> the, the third yeah. practice session, not quite at the beginning. Um Hartley, monster shunt in uh, yeah. in free practice three. He missed quali and uh, as a result didn't really have much of a car to even start the race with. No. Um, yeah. Also, they had to uh, do a do-over on Gasly's suspension for safety reasons because obviously if it's finger trouble, then the same thing could happen to the other car. Yeah, really, really nasty. Um, yeah. I've done... So- I remember the last time we saw a proper massive suspension failure like that in F1, to be honest. Ironically, it was a Toro Rosso. Yeah. It Probably China, when the wheels it? fell off. Was it Alka Suari? No, it was no, Buemi. It was Buemi. Was 20, it Buemi? 2010 in China, I think. Yeah, down the main end straight. of the main straight in China. Yeah, absolutely. That's a terror crash, that one. Both wheels off, yeah. front wing underneath the tea tray. Just absolute, ugh, ugh, makes you shudder. Um, but luckily... Hartley was fine. Um, testament to how safe the Formula One cars are these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any information on how many G's he must have pulled on the impact, but I suspect yeah, I've seen it would have been 50 numerous. <laughs> yeah, many numerous, G's. Many G's were pulled. I mean, he got taken to the medical centre, so it must have been over yeah. a certain amount cause to trigger that happening automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, sadly for Hartley, he didn't. He did start the race, but he only did like a lap and then came back in. I think... I mean, the car did look kind of hastily put together. Even even before the race, they were just still yeah. putting bits on it. Yeah. Let, let's put it this way. He was sat in it with it up on the hijacks, and they'd not even got a nose or anything on it, and they were still fiddling with things as we went to one red light remaining before the formation lap. So there wasn't much time left at the point, and they still didn't have things like the yeah. nose on it. I, mm-hmm. I know they can bolt that on pretty quickly, but there was still hectically running around trying to get the car sorted so it never looked likely that he'd do much if if he even did a lap like it was it was highly unlikely i think that he'd have stayed in the race yeah i think so um 
I mean, we'll Chris. get to predictions later on, but I can tell you at least seven people who will be glad that he managed to do that one lap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we will get to that. So, uh, yeah, so Gasly suspension had to be replaced um, just before qualifying for safety reasons. Um, obviously, it makes sense. We were discussing this a little bit over the weekend, but it, it kind of makes sense to do that because, A, your driver is going to feel much safer knowing that his bits have all been put together properly <laughs> having seen his teammate just have that scary scary accident and yeah. uh, B obviously even if the car was fine it's just best to be safe better to be safe than sorry yeah, it's it? nice to know someone's had a real double check to make sure those bits are all as they should yeah, be yeah 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 um so into qualifying both williams spun off q1 uh <sighs> it's i mean that was just the perfect example of the problem with that car, wasn't it? Both of yeah. them into yeah. high-speed corners and the rear just went, no. Yeah. Just rear downforce is just nowhere on that car. Yeah, yeah, just non-existent. Non-existent rear downforce. They were complaining between them, uh, I think more specifically Sorokin, about the fact that it, to do with when they shut the DRS. So what's yeah. happening is when they shut the DRS and they gain back a lot of the rear downforce, it's almost like it's causing the bottom of the car to bottom out and sort of hit the Ooh, ground, what? which which is what is causing um, an issue for them going into corners like that. Wow, that's really Real interesting. So, yeah. it, it, so the reattachment of the air is so powerful that it, shoves the car down that that's what the they were saying on the floor. whether that's completely the explanation or not is another matter but that's definitely what was hinted at as being a problem for the for the rear end of that car this weekend wow <clears> that's <throat> interesting because actually when when it's if that's the case it's going to hit the floor and then it's going to spring back up yeah so what had happened then is that would push all the air up away from the rear wing and yeah that is when you get got... a really big you've got no downforce because all Precisely. the air being pushed away and and you lose Ooh. your ground effect uh, on the floor yeah. because of the fact yeah. that the, fl the floor has actually made full contact with the with the ground as well so yeah and not to mention the damage it probably does to the diffuser as yeah. well um so yeah that was williams um both cars off in the gravel in q1 uh, leclerc managed to get into q3 again once yeah. again once again absolute wizard behind the wheel Couldn't of that no wrong. yeah yeah he's, he's the golden child isn't he at the minute um, in the week where it's looking now extremely likely that he's got a deal at Ferrari starting next season. Yes. Did you guys talk about that last week? Or no? I don't. We touched upon... It's been a rumour for a few weeks, hasn't it? But I think it's... Yeah. Only this last week where it's... There are no reports saying that this deal is signed. It's a thing. And it is a yeah, two-year deal starting next year. And <clears throat> obviously, as a result, Raikkonen is out. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting to see Ferrari taking on a young driver for the first time in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's very exciting to see that, especially yeah, considering I... they've got basically a, a whole well two B teams as well in Haas and in Sauber yeah. as well. So they don't necessarily need to take on young drivers. You've got to think people like you know you look at the like the names of kind of drivers sort of in the middle of their career that have been linked to. Um, Ferrari in the past, like your your Grosjeans and I guess your Perez's of the world, and well, anyone that has well, or Hul uh, Hulkenberg practically had a contract yeah, at Ferrari. For they just Ferrari just needed to sign it and make it official. Yeah, like everything else was done, and that just I can't remember the reasons why, but that all fell apart. Um, and you can imagine all these guys see like a guy like Leclerc come in, they're just like, oh damn it, yeah, that, <laughs> he's going like, to jump the queue now, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, we're that's done. it. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know about you guys, but I would love to see Hulkenberg in a Ferrari. I did it. I would have done it at the time that he nearly got one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I think I think that's moments passed a bit for me. I, to be honest, I think that was his unfortunate peaking point where yeah. that was his chance to get in one of the top end cars, and unfortunately, mm. it passed him by. And I think that the best he will get at the moment is something like the Renault coming good and sticking with it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I am much more excited about seeing. Uh, Leclerc in that Ferrari than anyone yeah. else. Can't wait to see how he stacks up against Vettel. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on to the fight for pole, uh, Hamilton uh, very came out on top with less than a tenth covering the top three. Hell of an exciting qualifying session. Again. What a qualifying! That, that, it was a qualifying. I say this about every exciting qualifying session. It was like the entire 2009 season where qualifying. <laughs> yeah. Every single session, every single qualifying was brilliant in 2009. Yeah. These, um, that yeah, Ferrari Mercedes are just so close now. Yeah. What what fascinates me the most about this is there were I think there was forty four thousandths of a second between Hamilton and Vettel on the pot on both their fastest laps uh, in Q one, and there's not the, the only components that are the same on those two cars are the four tires. Yeah. And that's yeah, it. it. Like you couldn't take one bit off of any. That, off of either car and put it on the other one because it just simply would not go it's yeah it's phenomenal and, yeah and yet they produce almost identical lap times it's fascinating absolutely fascinating yeah it just shows that both in terms of the technology and the driving they're just both pushing to the absolute extreme yeah yeah and yeah. it's it's just a, it's it's a dead heat at the minute isn't it it's absolutely brilliant this season I'm, in terms I'm, of the championship f- for all the like bout of negativity there was after certain more boring races, I'm absolutely loving this season now. I, yeah, I think you have to take it with a pinch of salt though when you get a boring race or two as well. Because oh yeah, I don't think there will ever be a season where every single race has an entertainment factor like what, for example, this this race has had this weekend. No, not until they make it a spec series, which is yeah. never going to happen. Yeah, I think the thing is like if if we didn't have any boring races, then we wouldn't appreciate the brilliant that's races. That's you know, that's the thing. Like, and you can't, like you say, like Tom says, you can't, you can't have everything. You can't have every single race be an absolute barnstormer of a race. You know, yeah. There's going to be processional races. There's so many factors at play that it, it sometimes, sometimes those factors align and make great races. Other times they make less than great races. I guess the challenge for Liberty is to identify the the uh, the factors that are maybe making the racing less good than it could be and dealing with those. Yeah. But that's a whole other podcast episode, I think. Yeah, it's, it's funny, actually. I was, um, again, we're going back to football now because <laughs> you can't talk for 10 minutes in this country right now without it being about football. <laughs> um, but uh, so watching the match last Wednesday... Um, with my girlfriend who is from America and she's never really watched football before and she was saying how like she's used to watching basketball back home where it's like people scoring points every Constant few seconds yeah, yeah. and saying how it's weird watching football when like a goal very rarely happens and when it does it's like a massive huge deal and for yeah. me like overtakes in Formula 1 should be much closer to the goal in football end of the scale than the scoring in basketball end of the scale yeah, yeah. and I I've, actually I've, think I've, this race was probably 
one of the close. I mean, I know we still had a lot of just streaming past people with DRS, but that was largely because you had faster cars coming through the field. But certainly there are a lot of big overtakes that took a while to build up to. Yeah. And when it happened, it was like, bam, that's a really impressive, important moment. And yeah. we, we have had that debate before when when the cars first changed last season, there was a, a, a mm. debate that seemed to come up quite a lot between us last season, which is the numbers may be down in the overtakes, but are we accepting quality over quantity? And we all agreed, yeah. yes. So as long as the quality is there and it's something significant and it's something that looks special, like some of the overtakes we got during the British GP this weekend, then I yeah. take that over quantity, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. Every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, it should never be a slam dunk, should it? It should always yeah. be a, a shot from 50 yards. And there's, uh, and there's certainly been races this season that have been, it's just been too easy. It's been kind of a formality. I definitely think, considering Silverstone is traditionally one of the tracks it's harder to overtake on, yeah. I think this race, possibly more than any other this season, we've had a lot of those just big, awesome work for it headline overtakes yeah 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 it's been, it was it was a very overtakey race for it was it? which is surprising yeah um i guess we should actually talk about yeah, the race. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about the race so uh, perfectly leads us into it um the reason it was a very overtakey race was because raikkonen took hamilton out at village <laughs> which is turn three um and hamilton tumbled down to last place um let's talk about that um, well, I mean, uh, unusually, um, Hamilton and Mercedes blame Raikkonen, and Raikkonen mm. said, yeah, that was my bad, and <laughs> Raikkonen got a penalty for it. And I think everyone was just like, yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah. ev- There was not much sort of um, disagreement on it, really. Um, yeah. At least not during the race. After the race, there was a slightly different angle on it. But Yeah, in the heat of the moment, you know, there always is, isn't there? I think that the media can be quite quick to jump on. Uh, this is why it's nice to do a podcast about it once all the dust settled because yeah. everyone's scratching around for a headline wanting to you know make make be the first to the news and oftentimes it leads to sort of these daily mail-esque extreme kind of <laughs> headlines you know mercedes accused ferrari of, and raikkonen of cheating and all this nonsense it's just daft. yeah, it's just yeah. i mean I, I guess you've got like this is now Two two out of three races now, a, a Ferrari has taken out a Mercedes in the opening couple of yeah. quarters. Well, yeah. So you can understand the frustration from them. And, you know, obviously Hamilton in the heat of the moment after the race questioned Ferrari's tactics. And I think Toto and Nicky Lauda both said something similar. But then they've also both in the following 24 hours said, actually, that was heat at the moment. They're clearly not deliberately driving into us. That's that would be utterly stupid. No yeah. one's going to do that. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, you wouldn't. It's happened wouldn't in get, the past, but <laughs> uh, it has happened in the past. I'd not like a, this. Yeah, not like this. Um, uh, halfway Ferrari, through a season. Yeah, Ferraris have crashed at Singapore into each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're quite a crashy team. <laughs> yeah, they've, I mean, they've been quite crashy maybe, this last couple. Of maybe years. why that's why they've got Grosjean and Magnussen in like the mini reserve team at Haas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying to push all the crashes onto Haas. At least, um, at least when Mercedes crash, they tend to only take each other out. So they don't usually take anyone else with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, all the drama after race aside, I think it was just. I mean, Raikkonen locked up. Hamilton gave him plenty of space. Raikkonen locked up bumped into him 10 second penalty 
again, the, the penalty itself probably seems fair, but the fact that he still ends up ahead of Hamilton on the track is a bit questionable. Yeah, I, I think it should have been. I, I was more. I would have been. I would have lent towards more a, a stop go a ten second stop go penalty. Yeah. So a ten second in and out, you know, rather than a ten second time penalty. It's where tricky, just isn't it? Wait in the pits. It's yeah. exactly but, what we were saying a week or two ago. It's like should the penalty fit be the tailored to the crime, basically? Yeah. And um, Mark Webb was saying the same thing on Channel Four, like. Is there an argument that in this sort of situation, the penalty is the amount of time that the guy you took out has dropped behind you, or something like that, just to yeah, maybe. But yeah. then again, just to even that, out the balance. But yeah, but then if you know if the other uh, person has to pit in that time, suddenly that's adding like an extra twenty odd seconds on. It's yeah, I it'd think be very com- difficult to police that. Also, the complication there is like, what if the person behind you decides to slow right down to bring you both <laughs> yeah, to totally. both your races? Yeah. If he's, if he knows his race is over anyway, he's going to make yeah. sure that your race and is over. And if it's ultimately retirement, what happens then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> You're disqualified now. One. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just black flag. <laughs> that's why black flags exist. When you call, when you when you a danger on the track, then they, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyway, um, you, you gave him a puncture, so I pull over him on the marshals will stick a nail in one of your tyres as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, the interesting thing about this track is you actually the, the the loss of time is a lot less going in the pits than it is at other tracks because you cut out a whole sequence. Well, yeah, of slow you climbers. cut out the whole club section, don't you? So yeah, and that's why I think a ten second penalty wasn't enough. I felt like a stop go would have been a more adequate. Mm fitting penalty for it yeah because you're not, you're not getting the disadvantage you would have as bad as a stop go to other sort of tracks is it yeah exactly yeah yeah but um, it's one of those things where I think they need to really you know tidy up some of these rules because they need to look at it on a track almost need to look at it on a track by track basis you know what's what's the time penalty of coming into the pits at this at a given track and how do the penalties work around that rather than it yeah, being arbitrarily it's... the same across the board it's interesting because obviously the pit the pit lane time is different for every track. The number of laps is adjusted for every track based on the length of it. Yeah. But then you have these set in stone time panels. You think you'd have, you know, a sliding scale between maybe like exactly. three and eight seconds rather than a five second to sort of. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That. So, sometimes they try and cover it off by reducing the the pit speed limit, but at a track yeah. like Silverstone, I don't think you tend to see that because it's such nah. a wide like i don't know perm- well a permanent pit layout like a lot of your reduced pits um are at places where it's either narrow and tight like i think brazil's an, an example of one that's got even though it's yeah. a monaco per- permanent thing it's it's slowed down and then yeah monaco and street circuits like azerbaijan's possibly got a reduced mm. um thing as well because it, it's it's not a permanent structure so you yeah. don't kind of get that here at silverstone because it's quite a big complex for the for the pit area so they don't have the need yeah. to reduce it other than the fact it would maybe compensate a little for that uh, that little section mm. of club that you miss yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, so it was a chaotic start further down the grid as well we saw a Force India I think Ocon was it Ocon sliding backwards Perez. across the no, pit lane Perez the oh was that one. Perez yeah <laughs> Perez um, excuse me uh, Perez sliding across the pit lane and almost collecting the Williams cars who were starting from the pit lane 
having changed their rearwings and floors for, after the Q1 shenanigans. The the, uh, the onboard from I think it's Sorokin is just the funniest <laughs> thing. You just see you see a Force India facing directly back towards you, but going completely sideways across the track. Yeah. It's one of the funniest things. So bizarre, so so bizarre. I don't even. I'm not even sure how he ended up in that position either. Did, did anyone see the actual accident? Um, in that? Um, he just lost the rear yeah, end. Yeah, he just kind of dropped it oh, in, into himself. the first turn, yeah. realistically. And he was looking not to collect anyone else, yeah. really. Wow. Oh. Um, and you, I think, I think you said earlier, Tom, he did a little bit of a grosjean and kind of tried to stick his foot in to save it, which was yeah. oh. landed him on the opposite side of the track. Hate to see that. Hate yeah. to see that. Um, so after, also, also in among all that, it was kind of hidden, I think, in the. Um, TV broadcast was that the two Haas cars came together as well. Um, yeah, that knocked a couple of chunks out of each that other. That was kind of as a, a byproduct of Hamilton spinning, though, wasn't it? They sort of. I think they, so, yeah. They ca- could kind of see things unfolding in front of them, and I think they both ended up going a similar direction to avoid it and ended up clipping each other like on the, on the outside of the track because there were um, quite a few bits of carbon fiber that you sort of saw flicking up, which I, I think maybe. Lewis, as he's spinning backwards, thinks he's off the back of his car, and it probably is more likely to be the Hasses coming together. I think that. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. It was they. They all came off the Hasses. Um, uh, Magnussen lost a whole chunk of his floor, and he had to go yeah. the whole yeah. race with like. Oh yeah, there was a huge uh, like a chunk missing out of the side of it, wasn't there? I remember seeing that Massive, later in the race. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, in in amongst all that, Raikkonen eventually dropped down. Back behind the Red Bulls, and, uh, and then almost immediately retook Ricardo for fourth, and then he got, as Chris mentioned, his ten-second penalty. Yeah, um, overtaking Red Bulls not quite as impressive um, this weekend. <laughs> no, fairly. I think at one point um, they, like, you know, the, in the speed trap, Verstappen was like twenty-one miles an hour slower down the straights than the Ferraris. Wow, which is. Um, what, what what was impressive was seeing Verstappen really take the fight to Raikkonen and mm. with the multiple corner duel for third that they that had in great. the afternoon. That was great. Really, yeah, proper good stuff. Verstappen using using every inch of track and then some in in, yeah. in a way only he knows how. Yeah, like getting um, back around the outside, around through like Woodcut and Luffield yeah. is crazy. Yeah. No one yeah, does that. Yeah. Yeah, they were, it was almost like formation flying, like they were, but but fighting for position, yeah. obviously. Like, it, but the, the way they were side by side, and it's obviously showing every inch of talent that they've got. It's just absolutely fantastic to see. Um, meanwhile, Hamilton is further down the field, beginning his push up through it, um, hoping for a safety car, and he nearly got it with Leclerc during yeah. the round of pit stop. So Leclerc um, had a, I think it was a wheel. <laughs> Gun. I want to say wheel gun failure, but probably more likely it was just the it was a poor pit stop and the wheel didn't go on properly. <clears throat> Nothing actually fell off, did it? No, no. luckily. But and they stopped they, him as he pulled. Yeah, they immediately. Yeah, as it. he pulled away, you could hear something wasn't quite right. Um, and I would maybe put the sort of thing that you were hearing. It was it was almost like wheel spin, but it was almost it was as though it was because the wheel wasn't connected properly. So he's you know hit. You know, hitting the big pedal and it's just almost spinning against the wheel because the wheels not wasn't correctly fastened on. But whether that's actual what it was or not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, but it was. It's a shame because at that point he was running eighth, um, very much sticking to the back of um, Hulkenberg, yeah. which 
in a Sauber is just unheard of. I mean, I know the Sauber is much better this year than it has been for a while, but still, just such impressive pace he was showing in the first part of that race. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd yeah. easily have been well into the points again. Yeah, I just cannot wait to see him in that Ferrari. No. Um, so, Hamilton uh, stayed out through this whole range of pit stops, uh, hoping for the safety car, which didn't actually come until Ericsson spun his car through the DR- now did you know this it was the DRS curve at Habit yeah. where he left where he dropped it and it was because he couldn't get he, he missed the button to get the DRS off and he spun out he didn't have the yeah, rear apparently, grip to it. apparently his DRS button's on the back of the wheel um, and I think he said he, maybe it's because of the bumps of the, on the track or something because they're mm. all saying how bumpy the circuit was this weekend yeah yeah missed his button Ouch. and the exact same thing happened to Grosjean in practice as well yeah um, so um, both really nasty crashes as well. I mean, that's yeah. a flat-out corner. Yeah, it's a fast, fast, fast corner. Um, and that did lead to the safety car. So uh, we got the Ferraris and Red Bulls all in, um, and the Mercedes stayed out for track position, which then promoted Hamilton up to third yeah, place. Third at that point. Yeah. Yeah, with Vettel sandwiched between the two McLarens in second. Uh, McLarens, I wish. Mercedes. Um, Yes. And, yeah, so, they. I mean, Mercedes, I think this week, strategy-wise, I think they got that one right. I don't think Hamilton could have done much else. That nicely takes us on a little trip to inbox, box, box, actually. Oh, Um, let's do it. Let's do that now. Eric Richardson uh, wrote in to say, does Mercedes have a strategy crisis? Uh, now they have a bit of company at the front uh, they seem to be botching fairly straightforward strategy calls like when to change tyres uh, in their defence they haven't had to worry about such things for a while but come on <laughs> um, well yeah I don't think they needed to I think they did the right thing staying out I, the strategy I think spot for on. Lewis definitely I I think I'm not so sure yeah, for Bottas I, I think that maybe they should have been a little bet hedging um, and Bottas should have maybe come in you know, you're not going to know if those tyres are going to fall away, though, are you? But um, how much how much life difference was there between Lewis and Bottas's tyres at the time? I can't remember. Well, there's lots of laps. Quite yeah. a lot, yeah. Lewis had Lewis's last laps. of... I guess the thing is, if Bottas would have pitted, he'd have come out in second behind Vettel. But with those tyres. he'd have come second behind Vettel. Do you Vettel. think? But he'd have come second because, yeah... The the pace they had the whole race, I don't think unless he got him on the safety car restart, I don't think he'd have been able to pass Vettel for the win. Staying out gave him the lead. There's a chance he'll hold it. If not, it might go badly. It turns out he was the latter. So I guess I guess when you're I guess at this point in the season he's probably not going to be in the fight for the world championship come the end. So I guess it's easier for him to take that game. Here's one then. Do you think if that mm-hmm. was Lewis in first on that on those same tires they would have pitted Lewis to match the Ferraris and brought Lewis out yeah, on absolutely. the softs. Yeah, I absolutely. think they would have. Yeah, I, I think roles reversed. If it was Bottas in the position Hamilton was in and Hamilton in the position Bottas was in, Hamilton would have come in from first to keep the tyres to match the Ferraris and take the fight to them, and Bottas would have mm-hmm. stayed out. And I think drivers reversed, it would have been a slightly different strategy. So yeah, plus in that case, Bottas would have inherited the lead, and he could then have played roadblock mm-hmm. um, yeah. to help, you know, slow up Vettel. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I, it's easy to say in hindsight, but all things considered, they probably should have 
have brought him in, but in the heat of the moment, and when when you want when you're trying to get, I mean, they're trying to get Hamilton the win, really, aren't they? That was that was the aim, getting back to the front, and they, yeah, they they nearly did. We <laughs> nearly came off. <laughs> they very nearly did. So I don't. I certainly don't think there's a a crisis, a strategic crisis going on at Mercedes. They've I think. certainly made mistakes this season, but yeah, they have. But I mean, as stratagems go, this one wasn't. Well, Anything it, like it was about trying to hold the Ferraris at bay and stop them getting away so that Hamilton could have a go at them, wasn't it? That That's what that was, ultimately, yeah. I think. Um, and Bottas yeah. became a little bit victim of not necessarily number two driver in, but it, it was something to that effect where let's yeah. keep Lewis as close as possible to the to the Ferraris for, for like minimal point droppage. Yeah. Um, so that was that um, and then just after that we had the restart and uh, Verstappen and Raikkonen had another huge scrap yeah, yeah. Um, this time for fourth uh, and yeah that was that was also epic another another really 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 hard fight before a collision between Grosjean surprise surprise and Sainz and um, Given us a second safety car, literally two laps after the yeah, last one. Yeah, I, I said at the time like that was great between Verstappen and Raikkonen going through that one corner, and then uh, yeah, cops. through uh, literally two, a lap later. If I know, it might have even been it might have even been the same lap, just further back in I the think field. It's the same lap. Those yeah. two come together in exactly the same corner, trying to do the same yeah. thing. And my comment at the time was along yeah. the lines of, and that's the difference between Verstappen versus Raikkonen and Grosjean versus Sainz. Yeah. It's the difference between good drivers and great drivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. Um, so, that I mean, that brought the safety car out again. Not really much more to say. No one pitted or anything at this point because or, or, or the, the, the key players, none of the key players no. pitted at this point because what was the Boss point? probably breathing a sigh of relief because there's a few more. Yeah. Laps didn't yeah. have to hold Vettel yeah. off. But, it uh, did, again, it did play in Vettel, into Vettel into Mercedes' hands because mm. obviously the less laps you have to do on those worn tyres, the the more chance you're going to have of getting of keeping them behind yeah. you. So, I think I think if it weren't for that second safety car, then Bottas might have lost another position. Yeah, quite possibly. But um, anyway. Uh, after that safety car, we got a 10-lap sprint race to the end. And a f- it was like a four-way fight. It was. Lead, it was incredible. Like one of, the, one of the guys ahead makes a mistake. Everyone else is going to be past you. They were that close. They were like yeah. 10 car left separating all four of them. It was amazing. And that's what it took in the end. Like Botta, When Bottas finally lost the lead, he had a slight wobble um, yeah. leading on to that uh, Wellington straight. And that was the difference in the end. Yeah, and uh, I don't. You know what? When Hamilton went past him, I've rewatched it today. I don't think that was a let through. I think he was fighting all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it too. was. He was dropping um, because of the tires, wasn't he? But uh, ultimately, he wasn't yeah, letting were him dead, through. Absolutely. And, and Lewis had to make the overtake, same as the Ferraris did. Uh, maybe not quite as hard a yeah. fight as he as he was putting up against Seb, um, but I'd say he got an equal a fight as Kimi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, totally. Speaking of overtakes, that move Vettel did on Bottas. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, dang. That was a really good it, move. He tried it? the same thing a few laps and Bottas had it covered, but yeah, yeah, in the end, he just made such a late lunge. Yeah. Um, he said he had I- to surprise him. 
yeah in the uh, interviews afterwards and he had to have a lot of confidence on the brakes to make that work as well he could very easily have just locked up and speared into how we have another ferrari spearing into the side of the mercedes yeah. but, uh, <laughs> the second not, time in that race. yeah um verstappen sadly had to retire with a break by very sadly for me he had to retire with a break by wire <laughs> issue um and Hamilton would cling on to second and uh, Raikkonen brought it, brought it home third. And that, that in effect, was the race. We made, we, I've actually made that sound far less exciting than <laughs> it actually was. I don't but... know. That's, that's quite a lot that happened in that race. It was, yeah. uh, it was a damn... Well, there was a lot, so much other stuff going on. Um, I only saw earlier today that at one point, I think it might have been after one of the safety car restarts, um, Magnussen nearly ran Alonso off the road. Um, yes, they were having a real ding dong. Yeah. those two, and Alonso was n- doing nothing but whinge about it on the radio. I don't <laughs> think. I think that was that's hard racing, man. That's just hard. Alonso's racing. become a little whiny in recent races, hasn't he? In F one, I think. I think. I think him it's, not being although, happy in the sport is definitely contributing to that. That being said, I read something quite interesting just before we start recording, actually. There's a YouTube channel, apparently, that um, somehow gets hold of Alonso's entire team radio feed and puts it up on YouTube. <laughs> um, I assume he gets it from like one of the feeds on the F1 app or something. But someone said that sat and listened to it. When you listen to the whole thing, you can see how it's like they just pull out certain yeah. comments that kind of fit the narrative kind of thing like yeah, the stuff yeah. where Alonso's making these silly comments get pulled out but actually if you listen to them in the context of the whole race it's not like he's just constantly moaning sort of thing well no I mean you, but no one wants to sit and listen to an entire exactly, yeah. radio you're going to pick out the good stuff oh yeah of course it just um, I think he you know it's, it's probably the same with like Grosjean all you ever heard for like three seasons straight was him talking about the yeah. brakes like <laughs> yeah. he says a lot more than that on the radio but that's yeah. kind of the narrative that was created for him so they kept picking out that particular bit of radio yeah someone's hard for uh, Grosjean's brakes <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the thing so I shouldn't have said that should I it's not, nah. it's not appropriate so interesting note uh, on this race and I've got a fun fact for you as well um, but I'll fit that in when there's a right place for it. So ignore that I just said. That. Um, <laughs> the Renaults were the only cars to run the hard tire throughout yes, the race, were. and Hulkenberg started in eleventh and finished sixth, best of yeah. the rest. Um, what a strategy! Pe- well, you want to talk about strategy? Go and speak to yeah. Renault. People were quite yeah. surprised by this because they started on obviously the medium. And everyone expected that they were going to go long and then come back towards the end of the race with the soft. But then actually putting the hard on and then just going to the end of the race, combined with a couple of safety cars and jumping other people that were pitting because they needed to or, or whatever the reason might be, it it actually worked out a lot better for them in the long run, really, didn't it? Yeah, it, they, they were yeah. expecting a safety car and it played yeah. perfectly into their hands. Yeah, he only did 20 laps on that um, opening set of mediums, yeah. which was about what everyone started on the softs were doing as well. But yeah, like you say, he just kind of they just played it perfectly. Yeah. Um, so that was, and it's interesting to see that I think that's the first time this season we've had the blue suit. Are they yeah. super hard? The hard, um, the uh, blue ones. No, they're just hard. hard. Well, they're, they're they're called the hard, but they're harder than last yeah. year's hards. <laughs> they what okay. you they so what would have been the, the orange if we'd stuck with the old color system. 
Right, and that that's the only time I've seen that run. All yes, it is so the first far. time I've yeah, seen it. Not even, I haven't even seen it in a practice session. I, nope. I don't. Have we taken it to a circuit yet? I don't know if we have. Have we? I think we, we might. Actually, no. Yeah, this might be the first time they've taken it. Mm. Yeah, I think it is. Unless they took it. No, they had the. Oh, I does it's boring title. <laughs> <laughs> um, Red Bulls were slow. They lacked power all weekend. That was a shame, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. they weren't there at all. Um, we've kind of covered that a little bit, I guess. But just to, uh, you know, they, they're moving to Honda next week. Next next year. week, that'd be interesting. But next I'm, week, not next week. Fresh for Germany. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving, to, moving to Honda next year. Uh, I mean, oh, I, I think they're. I think they're jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Surely. Honestly, those Toro Rossos are kind of going backwards as the season goes yeah. on, aren't they? The updates yeah, aren't coming out. Slower are they? and slower. I think. No, I mean, well, that's true. Gasly was beaten by Williams this weekend, which is never a good sign. Mm. No. Oof. Um, Williams would finish the race in 13th, no, 12th and 14th. Strong 12th. They always finish. <laughs> they do. They do. They finish. It was actually remarkable in predictions this week how we saw nearly everyone put <laughs> Srotkin as last on the just, road. Yeah. So they do. They have Fayfield finish, but don't have Fayfield finish very high. Just, just a point thinking about <laughs> it though. Gasly wasn't technically beaten by Williams. He had a five-second penalty that put in there. Oh, that's I true. just I just thought I'd clarify that because it just dawned on me when oh, you yeah, said Stroll yeah, beat him. Because yeah, Gasly technically finished tenth in the points and was was right, dropped yeah, behind yeah, everyone because of um a collision that he caused. So Good. Just good, good. which he wasn't best pleased no. about. Um Yeah. Um so shall we pick some moves of the day? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be tricky. It is going to be true. There's a lot of them. A lot to choose from. I think there's a lot of good ones, but probably one of the ones that's up there, top draw for me, is the one for the lead Vettel on Bottas, just because it had to be good, because Bottas was doing a good job yeah. of defending on, even be it on all tyres. And um, it, well, it ended up being a good move. It was so late, so precise, and just exactly what you want to see when you want when you're seeing two people yeah. fighting for the lead of a race yeah it was yeah, it was a really dicey move and they're the moves i like to yeah. see the most where the car darts around and makes you know he, he leaves it to the very very last second to make the move dices around the side of him and gets it done those are fantastic yeah. that, that, that's that's when a formula one car looks the when it, when formula one cars look the most exciting is that yeah. rapid change of direction and it was just a feast for the eyes that move I loved yeah, it yeah really good so we're we're in agreement then I think Vettel and Bottas Chris I think so the only other one obviously was the um, Raikkonen and Verstappen fight that we talked yeah. about which was a nice like multi-corner side-by-side bit of business yeah, but, see, yeah. seeing um, Verstappen fight back around the outside of Luffield was impressive as well to be fair but I think yeah. that just yeah. the way what the move was and what it was about with the Vettel one is why it, it's a little higher yeah, for totally. me totally yeah, and the fact it's for the yeah. lead as well, the gravity of it just just adds yeah. that extra tenseness to it. Yeah. Doesn't it? So yeah, Vettel and Bottas move of the day, well done, Sebastian. Um, driver of the day, hmm, mm, another tricky one. Um, Is I mean, a tricky Hamilton. One. Hamilton's a good choice. I mean, fight back from basically last to finish second. You know, obviously aided by the safety cars, but he's still. I think he's yeah. still been in contention for a podium regardless. 
Um, but I he had a, ter- we... had a really bad start, though, didn't he? He did have a bad start. Yeah, I mean, because we we questioned Vettel getting it in um, uh, Paul Ricard because, yes, he overtook everyone from the back, but it was his own fault that he was at the back yeah. in the first place. Whereas yeah. at least with Hamilton, yes, he had a bad first, like, 10 feet of the race, but <laughs> the actual part that put him at the back wasn't his fault. So I'm more inclined to agree with mm-hmm. it this week. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Tom? Um, see, the... There weren't any particularly brilliant ones further down the order. Like sometimes one stands out, like you get sort of one of the Renaults or the Force Indias or Leclerc or something doing a, a stellar drive to get in the points. There weren't too many of those, I don't think, were there? So I think I end up wanting to side with the Hamilton vote a little bit. As I, it's yeah, I can't think of another one. Not not. Well, you don't you don't think Vettel deserves it for uh, for the absolutely banging start he made and the dominance. Uh, I know yeah. he got official driver of the day, which and we don't really like to agree with the official driver of the day on this <laughs> on this podcast because we feel like the world is usually wrong. <laughs> Except when it's the clerk, and then we do. Yeah, but in this instance, I think yeah. that was a pretty good drive from Vettel, especially with an injury. Remember as well, he had an injured mm. neck. That's a weekend. good point. So you actually see the big no, that's thing to take. Amazing. Yeah, I've it was forgotten about that. Perfect start, perfect start, great race pace. Had Do or die to, move for the lead. Yeah, had to overtake for Do the lead. Do you know lead. what? You might, bringing up the injury thing that I'd forgotten about might have sold me there, Stu. I think you might have swayed me there. I can go with it. Yeah, I can go with Vettel. Yeah, I think it pains me to do this, but I have to say Vettel <laughs> as well. I, 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 I'm not a huge Vettel fan myself. But yeah, you're <laughs> the one that's just convinced us to to change our vote to Vettel. I know, I know, I know. Well, I, I'm impartial. I mean, I, I do like to see a good drive. So I, and this I this was definitely one of those races where Vettel was absolutely yeah. at his best. Yeah, he was. It was champion's yeah. drive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, WTF moment? Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? I mean, for me, this week. yeah, quite a few. Grosjean had a few offs this weekend again. One massive um, crash, one poor attempt at an overtake leading to a crash. Yeah, and then another crash through the uh, DRS zone in practice as well. Yeah. So um, he's given his mechanics a few bits to do. Gunter Steiner at Haas has kind of for the first time admitted they're getting a little bit frustrated with him now. Um, yeah. They're still kind of backing him and, uh, you know saying they're going to work with him to get through this but he also said um i wouldn't call this bad luck it's getting frustrating so yeah it's it's got to be difficult when you're when you're in when you're one of the Haas sort of mechanics or one of the team yeah the stakeholders i guess in the team like it's hard when you've got one guy who seems to be crashing all the time and your other guy is like top of the i, I guess i don't like to call it the b series championship because i feel like that's that almost invalidates the series yeah. as a whole. The best like, of the rest. The best of the rest, yeah. Um, yeah, both, both cars should be up there, effectively. That car is quick enough to be best of the rest, so why aren't both cars yeah. up there? And why yeah. aren't they in fourth in the constructors, you know? And it's all because of Grosjean. Actually, speaking of best of the rest, uh, Kevin Magnussen has um, dropped out of that spot after this weekend. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg has now jumped Hello. ahead of him, oh. as has Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Banging drive from Nico, by the way. But I meant to say that when we're talking Renault, um, from 11th to 6th. Yeah, yeah really good. Um, two Saubers retired as well. Both finger trouble. Loose reel on uh, on Leclerc and DRS on 
on Ericsson. That's yeah. no WTF yeah, for me. Yeah, you know, not not being able to shoot your DRS and crashing your car maybe is a pretty big candidate for WTF. Yeah, yeah although th- Grosjean did that and also crashed again the next day, so... Yeah, also true. I th- I've, it's hard to blame Grosjean entirely for that, for that though, I think, for the for the crash on the race. That was It was a bit racing incident, that one, I guess. Yeah, it, maybe if he knew he was alongside him, he could have given him more space. He had the corner. Science had the corner. It was ahead. Yeah. What if we just say we're giving it to everyone who crashed because they didn't close their DRS? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or either I, I that, that, either yeah. that, or the suspension system on Brendan Hartley's car—just that one piece, <laughs> just true, shattering and disintegrating during practice and throwing him into a wall. <laughs> really scary that one. I, I don't want to give it to that. I do. Perez sliding sideways across the pit lane. How have we not mentioned that? Oh, we've mentioned it at the start, didn't we? But like, I mean, for WTF. Yeah. Oh, for WTF. Um, I mean, to be fair, yeah, when, you, when, you, when you see that on board and see him sliding, facing the wrong way, sideways, that like those three words are the first things you think of. Yes, yeah. that is true. As, if if you're looking for on board, you just yeah. if you're looking for a pink thing, if you're looking for a WTF moment, then I guess if you're sat in a Williams, that is the biggest WTF moment of your life, probably. <laughs> So let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's give it to the Williams. Since we, since yeah, we can't agree well, on the other bits, we'll give it to the Williams. The Force, force India. India. Force yeah. India sorry. Sergio. Why not to Williams as well? Let's give everyone WTF. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did we have? There were other some other little bits. Right, so... Other talking points. McLaren not paying Boulier enough Freddos. So he, re- <laughs> so he resigns. <laughs> Yeah, that was a big thing leading into yeah. the race. Um, yeah, big news. Are, are we putting resigns in inverted, inverted commas. commas here? Absolutely. Asked um, to resign, I think. should Ceremoniously it? pushed. Yeah, it feels <laughs> yeah. that way. I mean... <sighs> well, he's been conspicuously quiet, hasn't he? He's not said anything to the media. Other than the kind of the generic statement wishing everyone well for the future and all that stuff. Yeah, there's not been a lot said. Um, and Zach Browns was said yes he definitely resigned but it's like because someone said like for resignation you seem to have two replacements ready immediately and he was sort of said something along the lines of oh well it's it's some you know having sp- spoken to Eric it's something I've been expecting for a while but yeah, yeah so you don't doesn't sound like the entire truth to me <laughs> no it's do we feel like he's been a bit of a scapegoat here I mean I know we've heard, heard all these stories about McLaren staff having little to no faith in the kind of they call them the untouchables this kind of upper management yeah. touchable uh, do we think it's going to make much difference ooh uh, that's that's mm. a very tough question I not straight away definitely not straight away so I mean impossible to say isn't it really they've had yeah, the mean, cars that covered in Flovis all weekend so maybe yeah. that's something to do with it the, the fact that you know staff from within the factory have made comments like certain people of the higher ups are untouchables and you know we have no respect for them and all this kind of talk um i think is an indicator that you know that kind of change needs to happen if if they're in that sort of scenario um they probably need to find out who's saying things like that to the general public and media as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on it, though, couldn't we? Like, there's so yeah. much to unpack in McLaren. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too into them because we talk about it every episode as well. So. Yeah. Um, okay, 
the next the next little bit of news was George Russell extending his lead in the F2 championship after another poor weekend for Norris. Yeah, um, George is looking he looks untouchable for a lot of this it, weekend, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, George is really really good at switched on now. I think it's taken him a little bit of time to get used to this F2 car. Yeah, definitely. But now he's got his head around it he, and now they're doing rolling starts. He yeah. is absolutely untouchable. He's going really really well. What do you think uh, to those? I haven't seen them for the last couple starts, of rounds now. Um, I think they're a necessary evil given the current situation. I think it's too dangerous to have cars unable to get off the line when you've got a starting grid of twenty odd cars. Um, you know, all, all yeah, going, getting off the line as good do, as they do. Do you think it would become a more permanent thing, though? Or do you think it will just be until the clutch no. problems are resolved? It'll, it'll they, be until they've solved the clutch problems. They've but, actually said today because um, we've got a f- couple of weeks now before. Um, where is the next race? Hockenheim. Uh, Germany. Hockenheim, yes. I think it's... Yeah, I've got a couple of weeks gap now, um, and I think this is the point where all the F2 teams get given new engines anyway. Obviously, being a spec series, always the same engine. Um, yeah. They've said today they're giving every team new engines, new clutches, um, and to go with them, uh, they're allowing them all a 1,000 kilometres of test time, and they're chucking a few sets of Pirellis at them. So That's they can good. all go away and spend a bit of time working with these new clutches um, and I think they've said by Hungary they want to be back to uh, standing starts rather than rolling starts yeah um, I really hope uh, it does because it's the first, as, as good as F2 has been this season it's also been such a lottery with the starts yeah, yeah. it need, it's absolutely needs to be sorted but the thing is it's the same for everyone and it's caught I think every single driver has been caught out by it at some point this season. At least so once, I think, yeah. kind of balances itself out, I guess. And if they can get on top of it by sort of second half of the season, which we're yeah. heading into now for that series, then hopefully it'll, you know, we'll be back to back to normal. Um, there was There's one other little bit of F2 news that I just want to touch on. I don't want to get too deep into this one, but um, it's, it's quite interesting. It's uh, F2 driver... Ferrucci has been given a four race ban, so that's across two events. He'll miss the sprint race and the feature race at both. Um, and this is for deliberately hitting his teammate. And um, the other one was the other transgression was that he was seen driving with a glove off between the F2 and F1 paddocks at Silverstone on Sunday with a mobile phone in his hand, which is not allowed. Mm. Yeah. So for, for like context for that, I think the at Silverstone the F two cars, you or the F two teams use the old F one pits as they their do. kind of base of yes. operations. Yes. So obviously before the race, they just have to pull out the old pits to drive around to the pits the F one teams use yeah. for the actual race. Um, and yeah, he'd use that time to have a little play on his phone while he was driving around, which is utterly ridiculous. I wonder what was, do you think he was doing like a Facebook Live or something like that? Who knows? <laughs> Look at that. That's kind of the first thing I thought of as well, but well, actually, the the rule they because they they penalised him like a few thousand euros for that. The rule they penalised him for was actually that he had a communication device with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it's the very fact unpre- that he was using something in his car. It was the fact that he was a communication device that's obviously not FIA homologated. Yeah, it's it's very unprofessional, isn't it? That's yeah. I think yes. that's the biggest thing about it is it just doesn't make you look good when you're doing stuff like that. And when, and then when you get into Twitter arguments with. Um, with with the media as well as a result of it all it's just yeah he needs to he needs to just keep his head down i think yeah anyway. um being a little bit cocky and overzealous on twitter um yeah 
and deleting it rapidly afterwards once he realised that it maybe mm. he should be making comments like what he was. Did so. he, was was there anything? Um, basically, so I, I saw them before he deleted them and got some screenshots, and they were along the <laughs> lines of um, basically calling his teammate a crybaby for crying on the radio Whoa. and saying, "I've had a drugs test and I'm all clear." Winking face. Um, what? And because I think because um, they'd said that he was, he must be crazy. I think over the team radio, somebody said he must be crazy because of what he'd just done for driving into the back of his teammate. Um, so that was the comment that he made. And then um, he also replied again to some somebody else saying, there's a lot of keyboard jockeys out here today. Um, so, <laughs> but then there's... promptly deleted them both. Because there's, there's actually like an, another layer to this story as well, because... Obviously, like the biggest thing of all is the fact that he deliberately ran into his teammate on the cooldown lap, and I think they had a bit of a coming together during the race, which is probably what maybe spilled his emotions over the edge. But it sounds like he just generally has a bit of hatred for his teammate anyway. Um, he there's also this isn't some rumor I've seen like an official FIA letter replying to it that he asked to have. Donald Trump's Make America Great Again slogan on his car for this weekend's what? race. Um, and it looks, from what I've read, I don't think this is because he's a massive Trump fan. I think it's because um, his teammate... Don't tell me he's Mexican. He's Got Indian. To. No, he's Indian. Um, uh, Maini, I can't remember his first name. Anyway, he, apparently he, for the first few rounds of F2, had a slogan... Um, on his car I won't go exactly into the details of it it's not necessarily a political thing I guess you could say it's loosely political and it's I guess he took exception to the fact that his teammate had this slogan on his car so to make a point he put in a fish request to have Make America Great Again put on his car just to make a point mm. um, and I've read what? another thing saying that like Ferrucci's dad had also been involved in just giving his teammate Great. abuse and stuff it uh, it's all just very horrible and messy. Well, um, it's all gone to the lawyers as well now, it looks like. Yeah, so um, his, the team, Trident, um, basically put a statement out saying that they support um, the... I can't believe I have not got his name in front of me. This is terrible. There it is. Arjun yes, Maini, his it. teammates. They basically said they have a, support him fully in all of this and make no attempt to um, defend Fruch's actions and are exploring their legal options right now basically it sounds like they're finding a way to end his contract early because yeah. just just uh, really quickly to to, <clears throat> to round this one off a tweet from uh, trident team um the contractual implications of what have what has happened will be dealt with by our lawyers never in these 12 years of sporting activity has anything even close to this ever occurred we apologize for the show that we have regretfully offered that's from yeah. Trident team. That's yeah, from the team themselves. And so on top that of tell, there's a, there's a message in there, isn't there? Yeah, and on top of all of this, he is also um, a young American driver with associations to the Haas team. Mm, yeah, Aww. but potentially not for too much longer, by the sounds of it. Yeah, so Gunnar yeah, Stein over the weekend anymore. said he's not making any comment, but he's aware of the situation. But I think this weekend he is basically definitely thrown away any chance of making f1 and possibly even just thrown away his entire career um so it's all a, very strange if you're a if you're a young driver and you're listening 
do not do things to piss people <laughs> off. It's as simple as that. Yeah, just <laughs> just be nice. Just, <laughs> just be, be nice. nice. Just and chill out. And go, and go fast. Be nice and go fast. That's that, Maybe write that across the side of your car. Be nice and <laughs> yeah, go right. fast. Um, anyway, shall we do predictions? Uh, yeah, let's look into prediction town. Um, I think this is potentially the most people we've ever had score points I think in a week. It is. Um, we had 49 different people scored at least one point this week. Wow. Um, really Although the majority game. of them did go for Hamilton Paul, um, and that's the reason they have a uh-huh. point. But... <laughs> yeah, that is the... Unfortunately, also mostly went for Hamilton win, which obviously yeah. didn't come off. I mean, to be um, fair to them, like it was only forty-four thousandths of a second yeah. off not getting pole. So you know, it wasn't a done deal. No, not at all. It was just surprising how many people went for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but our winner this week was uh, Tom Ling uh, with a super impressive four out of five. Um, it was only the number of finishes he missed out on. He was out by about three or four positions, I think. Um, but that four out of five drags him all the way up to twenty first place um, from way down. Pretty I think. much doubled his score. Um, but at the top of the board, yeah, pretty much. Um, but top of the board, uh, Dominic Paul has now taken the lead from Hendrik Lindoff uh, by scoring one more than him. I think that scored two and one points between them. Um, but the gap is still only half a point between them on sixteen and a half and sixteen points respectively. So still very much all to play mm. for. Um, as for us, uh, Stu has now climbed up to sixth place on thirteen points. Whoa. Uh, Tom, you're in 11th on 11. Um, And I am very slowly dragging my way back at the leaderboard. I'm now in 44th with four (laughs) points. Ah, Lewis Hamilton's number, 44. Yeah. Chris Hamilton (laughs) Evans. Me and Lewis, about the same, except for not being on the podium part. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thank you once again. We had loads and loads of people taking part this week and most of you scoring points, so it's uh, win-win-win. Um... As always, all of the info on our predictions league is at backofthegrid.com where you can see the current leaderboard to find out where you are and look at all the previous week's um, points. And then we will open the predictions for the German Grand Prix uh, in our next episode in a week's time. Yes. Um, So that's the predictions. You can like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And please make sure you do because it helps a million times. Um, on Twitter you can find us at Back of the Grid F1 on Facebook it, you just search for Back of the Grid and on Instagram we are at Back of the Grid and of course you can visit the website as Chris already mentioned backofthegrid.com um, if you want to follow me on Twitter it's Stu underscore PX if you want to follow Tom it's TomKing89 and Chris is TNM Chris. and that really does cover it for this week join us next week when we will be previewing the German Grand Prix which will be coming at you from Hockenheim um yeah have a lovely time everyone <laughs> bye <laughs> bye This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.